of home alone when they're running through the airport <laughs> the sheer panic that was me trying to find a headphone i had all day and i didn't fucking do it till like two minutes before we started just, yeah same here yeah just leave things to the last minute that's yeah. you know yeah. it's what you I think do it was carl pilkington said right planning will get you nowhere it's true that's right you won't accomplish anything by planning or something i'm paraphrasing something. welcome back good listener to another episode of another podcast the podcast aptp APTP episode 13. Steve here along with Mark. Mark, how are you, sir? Hey, not bad. How are you? Sir? Good. It's been a couple couple of weeks since we've had a uh, an episode, so yeah, we deserve some time off. Hey. That's right. You know what? The uh, e- even podcasters deserve vacations. I would say especially podcasters deserve you know, vacations. Randy and Jeanette asked for a <laughs> vacation. We we're like, fuck that. They yeah, gotta, they worked hard all week. They got to get the content ready for this week's show because we do have a guest for this week and joining us this week is my brother brad brad how are you sir i'm good and even better now oh (laughs) nice that's actually a good point what are you drinking brad don't judge me don't judge me Uh oh it's a wild rose brewery oh my god i thought you're gonna say raspberry ale it's a fruit ale that's all right that's great yeah i thought i'd switch it up you know you, you said it's wild, good. and I was afraid you were going to end that with cat. Yeah. <laughs> Old oh, English. Man. Totally redeem yourself. I used to, that's funny. I'm going to, that reminds me of a radio ad when I lived in Ottawa, Steve, that uh, I must have heard on the French language channel because it was a French version of a wildcat ad. And I just remember it started with Bienvenue à Territoire, wildcat. <laughs> welcome welcome to wildcat territory <laughs> welcome to wildcat or wild country or whatever it was yeah you know it's funny because wildcat reminds me of um going to the pubs in gatineau hull yeah yeah just be, hull hull you know <laughs> there'd be wildcat black ice uh 50 you know those staples mm. that would just bring you right back to when you were 18 or seven export or even right? younger export yeah Ooh, i like me some export it was it was it got a bad rap i feel i liked it no i agree I uh, I liked the export courts when they were still around, Ooh. or when they were around. I don't think they're around anymore, though. I got a I got a funny story about beer. I've been trying to hunt down Labatt Blue. I live in Calgary, and uh, it's pretty hard to find. So I spent about a month not going every day, but when I would have to go get booze, you know, every other day, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find Labatt Blue, and I couldn't find it. So then I went skiing. I went to uh, Castle Mountain. And sure enough, they have Labatt Blue pitchers. So I was like, oh my God, this is a sign. I went a little crazy. I had a few too many and I uh, had the worst throw up and diarrhea set <laughs> of my life. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't, I didn't miss it that much. I didn't miss it that much at all. No, it's like, like, no, it's, yeah, there's a reason was... why we keep it over here. Well, I can, uh, it's funny because that came up, I think. I saw an ad on TV for it, but it was an American channel. I think it was in Buffalo or something. And it made me think like, I can't remember the last time I saw the bat blue, even like in a store advertised even here. So funny enough, it was the, it was the one beer that my dad drank when um, that he just couldn't handle. I remember as a kid, like whenever his ball team was over and there was like barbecues and parties, that was the one that made my dad do the Irish exit all the time. And, uh, (laughs) and it's like, Oh God, where's dad? Um, you just it was Rolled a little bat blue night for him. 
He, <laughs> yes, uh, I would probably have the same night as you. This may watch. come as no surprise, but I see plenty of blue at the hmm. uh, trailer park uh, every summer. <laughs> it's, a, it's a staple there, along with Canadian and uh, Coors Light. Those are, it's just three beers that I can't, I just can't. No, I don't think I could spell those now. Not to, not yeah. that I just, yeah. What are you drinking, Mark? If you are, uh, thank you for asking. President's Choice Sparkling Water Root Beer Flavor. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. going on the hard stuff tonight. Okay, okay. I uh, myself am enjoying a Mott's Clamato Caesar Original. Oh, that's good. You want to trade? Moving on, I'm moving on to a New England IPA. Oof. So, yeah, you I'm know losing. What everyone from calgary says whenever someone brings up a caesar what it was, invented in calgary. was it invented in calgary it was it was invented at caesar's on i believe it's ninth ave okay downtown see that's starting to uh that's starting to ring a bell caesar's mark and i a few a few um episodes ago we were talking about the pub that's down by the train tracks down i think it's like 10th and first or something like that and it was around the world in 80 beers and we thought it was um, oh yeah yeah wild um, was it wild bills no was it wild bills i always wild say wild bills but i think that's in banff that is in banff yeah oh yeah it's changed since then but yeah I oh it has changed honest. oh yeah yeah well we digress yeah. So start we you know we we do have a, a jam packed episode this week. We are definitely going to be diving into some baseball and some picks and previews and things that are pissing Mark off. And, uh, <laughs> There's never a shortage. That's right. And then we're going to uh, you know as I said provide some picks into there. I did want to quickly talk about um, a documentary that I recently saw and Brad I think you saw as well and. Um, you know, anything else that might uh, float our boat this week. But um, before we get into the baseball, Mark, I tried to get you to have a go at this and it just wasn't really jiving with you. You just couldn't connect and didn't really have any interest in it. But a documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster. And this documentary is a few years old, I would say. And Oh, it, is it really? Well, it started oh. in 20... I want to say it was 2018. Oh, wow. And uh, so the premise is, is that it's a story about Blockbuster Video and the rise that they had as a company and the downfall that they had after the um, launch of Netflix and the adoption of that by the general public. And at the time of filming, there was about four episodes or four, um, four locations remaining across the world, one of which was in, Brad, was it Oregon? Bend. Bend, Oregon. Yes, Bend, Bend. Oregon. And they followed um, this general manager of the store and just things that she tries to do to keep that whole movie going experience alive and kicking. And um, they had celebrities on Kevin Smith, Paul Shear, um, the kid from uh, Scary uh, Movie. Scary Movie. Thank you. Jamie. Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. From Malibu's Most Wanted. Anyway, they had they had they had they had, they had that's as if that's the name I mentioned or the movie I mentioned. But they they had a bunch of celebrities that talked and reminisced about them growing up in the whole movie experience. And oh my god, man, it I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It it struck a chord with me because it just was so nostalgic in thinking about all of the fun and memories and 
whatnot that I had from when I was a young kid up until when Jade and I started dated, dating about 15 years ago, just going in that whole movie rental experience. Mark, didn't really resonate with you. No, it's not that it didn't really resonate. It's just I, I, I kept... I'm a, te- I'm a terrible procrastinator as it won't come to any surprise to anybody who, who might hear this, but uh, it's just, that's on me. It was just, I'm in sports mode now whenever I get home from work. So that's Fair just, uh, yeah, nothing personal. I can see why it would be nostalgic though, but uh, I'll let you guys kind of chat. Right. About it. So, so you never, you never experienced the whole going to Blockbuster, renting movies, trying to get there early to get the good movies and whatnot. No, man. I live in a town of 4,000 people. We have a store called Munchies that used to rent. Uh, it was like a convenience store that rented all the Sega games. And, uh, so and uh, yeah, yeah, so we had it on kind of a micro scale, but it was a lot. Uh, my first Blockbuster experience wasn't until I moved away. Uh, I think it was to Peterborough for school. That would have been like oof, 99. See, I had a feeling. I had a feeling that that um, obviously I, I would assume and knew that you didn't have a Blockbuster in Picton, but I had a feeling that you didn't really have as many options as one would have here in Ottawa or in Calgary. So that would make yeah, sense sure. that it doesn't really resonate with you as, as much as it would with Brad and I. Brad, your thoughts? About the documentary? Yes. I, uh, I thought it was great. It, it really brought back a lot of cool <laughs> memories. And the interesting thing was at work, uh, we were chatting probably like a few months ago about renting movies and how it used to be an event and you would go there and what, you know, I was younger. So towards the end of the blockbuster era is when I would bring a date there. But I remember going there as a kid and I'd be in like my comfy clothes and, you know, just basically getting ready to watch a movie. You'd stop in there after dinner, go rent a movie. And uh, you'd see people on dates, you know, they looked all good and (laughs) look at them, you know, trying to, trying to get laid. Or, but it was it was just amazing, right? Like it was it was a really cool culture that's completely gone away. Yeah, yeah, it is unfortunate. Kids nowadays, like I, th- I look at my boys, and they will never experience the disappointment of going to a movie <laughs> theater or a movie rental location, or just the disappointment of not being able to watch a movie because it's not available. And like I think about when we used to go, Brad, when we were younger, and we'd be dead set on renting you know this movie because it was just being released that friday or earlier that week the new jean-claude van damme the new, movie yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like you know the uh, um the new yeah the new uh, jean-claude van damme movie and you get there and they wouldn't have any left in in inventory or whatever to rent out and you have to pivot and you have to go and choose something <laughs> else and you'd end up being stuck with like a i don't know fucking bruce willis action movie that really wasn't as good as the Jean-Claude Van Damme but then also yeah, like, you have to you know, commit to it yeah and then also you know the whole you know if you'd rent multiple movies at once you get like a new release with an older one and they'd have to tell you okay the new release is due back Thursday by two and the older movies are due back uh Friday by five and you'd have to remember it and like even the clicking of the of the case and just everything like the smell of it and like going to get popcorn and it was like really truly an experience. I, like it's unfortunate for my sons or anyone else who really didn't have the opportunity to experience that, that they'll never, they'll never get to experience that because I, I, it was certainly something that I, I forgot how much I enjoyed it until I saw this documentary, I guess. And then you would go and try and rent a movie that hopefully your parents didn't know that there was boobs in it. 
And you're like, yeah, I want to get this movie. And they're like, okay. And they'd scan it and be like, okay, yeah, you can get it. And obviously you'd have to master the pause because the pause was never perfect on VHS. You don't have to hit it like three seconds before just to pause it. And then sometimes it'd be grainy. So you're like, oh God, I got to rewind it and start over. Then you get that perfect shot. It was amazing. I'm watching this in my room. (laughs) Then the craziest thing was you you could see what type of character people were because there were certain types of people out there that wanted to borrow your rental. I don't know if you guys ever had those people that were like, mm. yeah, let me just borrow it for a night. Mm. I never yeah, did. Yeah. I never lent it out. But yeah. yeah, I had friends that would do that all the time. And mysteriously, they'd just disappear. And you'd have the fear of God of late fees too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you had, Well, there's a juxtaposition, I guess, with my, uh, I don't know if that's the right word. Why did I say that? Um, but yeah, that was like that was kind of the cool thing about this little mom and pop shop here is that you could take it back whenever you wanted, and like they would never, at least they never charged me or my family. And I always thought, I always kind of wore that as a badge of honor. Well, our dad was uh, was quite terrible at returning movies, like, <laughs> like a, a bad for for an average person, a bad return fee would be like a couple bucks, and this man would be like. 50, 50. <laughs> sometimes you have to buy the movie because yeah. <laughs> you would just say like hey, i'll return or whatever but then you know like certain types of people were really strict with the returning and other people were like yeah a little more well, casual, then, like right? I, I remember he he got banned from yeah oh wow he yeah. <laughs> and wow. he always blamed it on us yeah <laughs> uh, sorry i don't have a driver's license so i can't return it <laughs> they got a picture of your dad up behind the counter do not serve this man do not rent to this do man. not rent to this man yeah, yeah we had to get our own cards and he rent through us <laughs> that's right oh shit but yeah it was such a it was such a good it was such a good documentary and i would i would highly recommend for anyone listening that enjoyed that experience of going to a video rental store as a as a kid and that whole experience i would highly recommend this documentary because it was very nostalgic there was a there was one um one quote-unquote celebrity that they constantly interviewed that i could have done without which was that voice actor brad we thought oh, he yeah. was like yeah. bigger than the documentary and it was like okay buddy like you're completely taking me out of this whole experience but other than that it was it was great i had a hard time dealing with the sheer size of that woman's boobs <laughs> jesus i felt terrible for it like more so than like blockbuster like closing nationwide closing nine thousand stores or 899 999 yeah no, yeah you... nine and uh just the sheer size of these things man like they were they were 20 pound boobs each yeah Huge. easy yeah and and even jade said that like oh she's got to have a bad back <laughs> right away and it's like yeah anyway so are they all closed or you said there's one left in bend oregon and oregon yeah mm. and they, oregon's um, a trippy place a, a hipster place that makes sense everything they, that's uh still old is still cool there in a lot of spots i'm sure they have uh people that come from all across the world to come and take a picture of that that yellow sign and they have um some memorabilia from a pretty famous actor that was donated to them i won't say who and how they got it but um so they have some things to draw people to the store aside from movie renting movies but you still have people like they're they're still renting movies which Mm. is surprising and um I knew about this, but forgot about it. The opportunity they had with Netflix, and I won't say anything more other than that. Um, mm. That you know, ultimately bit them in the butt. But 
yeah they kind of are the poster child for you know i think they're probably the first business you think of when you're said like what's a business that uh you know all of a sudden got passed by and swallowed up by something else right yeah um that's that's blockbuster <clears throat> anything it's that really? can provide convenience will ultimately right. be the demise of some other company i agree it's nice having netflix and crave and everything like that but at least when you went to a blockbuster to rent a movie you could pick a damn movie quick yeah oh man like, yeah. now you're like oh man ah, so i'm done true. with this movie go to the next ah, I'm done yeah. with this movie go to the next yeah or you spend like the first 50, 50 minutes, an hour, even longer, just trying to find a movie. I hate it. That's, that's, I get anxiety about yeah. that. And if Likewise. I'm with somebody, I will, I will cop out and give them all control because I just don't want the responsibility. I'll be talking to my therapist about that. <laughs> there was a time when, Steve, I hope it's okay that I say this, but you, uh, it's just for the world to hear. That's fine. Yeah, just for the world to hear. <laughs> You had you had to make a decision on picking a movie once after my my 25th birthday, when you had to leave a little early. Oh yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> you stood in front of your DVDs <laughs> for like four hours, just trying to decide what to watch. Oh man, I might have been under the the laughing lettuce at that time. Yeah, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. But yeah, like that might be one of the reasons why Jade and I are known by everyone. For people that you know don't follow through on shows and movies and stuff because there's just so much so much of a of an option out there to choose from that we're just like we'll watch the first season and then stop or we'll watch the first four episodes and then stop because you just have this abundance of options to go through so anyway last document last blockbuster highly recommended brad yeah, what I'll, do you watch i'll probably <clears throat> check it out i'll probably check it out eventually um i mean and i mean that stuff certainly resonates with me i mean the, the, the one example that i thought of when you guys said you know the disappointment of going there with something in mind and having to pivot uh for me it was always the new sega game like nhl pa 93 if that was in and here in picton right like they didn't have multiple copies like there was <laughs> there was one copy of this game and friday nights were always the big kind of night to to do it and some nights Keep in mind, like I grew up, even in this metropolis of Picton of 4,000 people, I grew up 20 minutes out of town uh, in, in a little, literally a hamlet called Wapoos. And uh, so some nights, you know, on Friday would just be mom going into town and she wouldn't want to take the kids. And now I get that. And so she would have instructions about what to get and then a backup plan in case it wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, I remember those kind of stresses for sure. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, and I kind of understand why well, I do understand where you're coming from with sports now, baseball, just around the corner, you know, hockey that we're more interested in this year with other options that documentaries and Netflix and shows in general might fall by the wayside now until at least November. So yeah, well for me, probably, yeah. you know, but which um, is good. Not a complaint for me. Yep, exactly. Brad, what are you watching these days before we move into baseball? What if, uh, what have you been watching? Anything you'd like to recommend? I have uh, just finished season three of Drive to Survive on Netflix. Oh. It's a F1, follows the F1 circuit. And uh, it just shows all the, all the politics and logistics of, of running an F1 team and all the drama. And it's, uh, it's, it's quite an interesting sport because, you know, you'll get Mercedes – who's the dominant they've won seven world champions in a row 
Uh, Lewis Hamilton's their main driver, and he virtually wins every single race. Like yeah. he just broke a record and beat Michael Schumacher for most wins. But Mercedes will supply other companies engines, which I find that you know a little wild, right? Because if I own a company and I'm going to supply you an engine, I'm not going to give you the best engine. Mm-hmm. Like personally, yeah. so it's like it's just all these weird little dynamics and. Uh, it's it's something new I've gotten into, like the automotive world. So uh, it's 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 quite cool. I like it. How how old is Lewis Hamilton? Is he like in the prime of his racing career? Like is he thirty, his... like mid to late thirties? Oh wow, okay, that's old. Yeah, than I yeah. Thought, to be honest, and who yeah, who's I... the um? There's this Finnish racer that's uh, one of the top three or four drivers in the world. Finnish. Verstappen or something uh, like that, I think. Max, Max Verstappen. I think yeah. he maybe German, maybe. No, it's definitely. I'm a just guessing off the thinking. name. Uh, there's Vettel, Lou, uh, Sebastian, Sebastian Vettel, Ferrari. Mark just pulling no, out the. F- I used F1 to be super. Stats. I used to be super into F1 back in those Schumacher, Jacques Villeneuve days in like I'd say the late '90s. Oh, wow. I've heard awesome things about this show. A couple people who have no interest in cars or even in sport in general have recommended it to me and uh, my kind wife of, is into it yeah that's these <laughs> like, are two exes who have said that they, uh, they they both really like it and that comes as a surprise so that's a pretty good pretty good endorsement if somebody is not even into it and finds entertainment in it i might actually yeah, give it a shot then it, it's pretty cool and then you know once you nail out like season one season two you can go back and watch a documentary on on senna our 10 Senna and mm. like all the, like what, how powerful he was as a racer. And uh, it, it's pretty cool. So who produces the show? Is it like a BBC or sky or some other UK Netflix? No, no, no. But who like, um, who produce like, is it BBC that does the show and they just, it's aired on. No, no, it's all Netflix. Like Netflix is in there. Oh, it's an, it's an original. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to check that out. And, yeah. and like, we're talking a wealth that, they're just in a league of their own like the people that go there and you know you go to some of these cities like they're always in not always but a lot of the races are you know in dubai and monaco is a big one right monaco right and you know all the stipulations to even live in that city is is, is pretty (laughs) wild you gotta have a lot of money in the bank just to live there yeah it's pretty cool excellent I'd like to go to a race, actually. I'm not really into it, but I think to see it live would be something different. You can go to Montreal, Montreal. man. Yeah. yeah. Every year. That's true. That's I'll go. True. Let's put it's that coming, on a list. And coming do it. up, man. Let's put that on the list. Mark it down for when this COVID shit's behind us. Oh, right. COVID. Yeah. Fucking COVID. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Anything this... Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Have you watched anything? I know you were watching Barry, but yeah, I think no, caught through, up on that. Waiting on the new series to be released. Uh that way uh no it's been mostly sports and i've been doing some light sports betting to make it a little bit more interesting so uh, like right now i'm watching tonight's bet and parlay go down the tube so uh (laughs) but um yeah so just just sports really and really counting down to uh tomorrow oh what a great segue why don't you why don't you go in with that because you had an idea given that uh it's twas the night before opening day yeah, opening day tomorrow in baseball. So it's been a long damn winter, longer than most, I would say. And uh, very much looking forward to even just seeing oh, green grass. Oh, I know. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. 
so and all that all that corny stuff and all that romantic stuff that I'll say about baseball. Um, supposed to be a rainy, cold day in New York tomorrow, so not sure if we'll get it. Wouldn't that be par for the course for these times? But uh, anyways, baseball's back on mass, and uh, I couldn't be happier about it. Are they breaking it up like hockey where you're only no. playing certain teams? No. no. Wide open? Yeah. Yeah, it, they're, they're pretty much acting like nothing – is going on the nationals already have a breakout and before opening day so that's uh yeah the washington the nationals point. one one player who i'm sure we'll find out who it is tomorrow because it's one player and that's well, tested it's pos- well it's one player tested positive four players were oh. are isolating because of close um uh, contact tracing and then gotcha. a um a staff member so i just i hope that <laughs> it's not uh I'm not going to say it because we, we're going to talk about our predictions. So, right. I'll leave it at that. Do we want to get into those predictions? Mark? Sure, man. Yeah. I thought it might, uh, you know, in years past, we've gone through kind of like every single team and I don't think we need to do that, but I thought like just, it would be a good idea to obviously choose division winners, world series winners, just the playoff teams. And then the, the major, the major rewards, uh, the major awards that are given out, obviously, MVP, Cy Young, things like that, and just probably have a bit of a broader discussion on the Blue Jays because it's an interesting season for them. So or did you do, like, the predictions? And I did, all that? yeah, and I figured, you know what I'm going to do? Um, I'm going to keep uh, – I'll, I'll mention who I choose for when we go through them, and I'll give, like, a 30-second elevator pitch. Yeah, that's all I got. About that because I figure we could probably burn, like, an hour and a half, two hours just talking about it. Exactly. Sucked into the vortex of baseball talk, so – so do you want to lead it off? I think you had talked about division winners, uh, wild card, World Series, MVP, Cy Young's, surprising team, and disappointing team, which, by the way, I absolutely loved that you threw that in. So Yeah, it's always good you, fodder, um, I feel. I'll let well, you... let's start in the AL then. Um, so, uh, so you want to go, do you want to go, you say AL East, and then I go AL East? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. And then the... Central, and then West, and then Brad, if you have a pick. Yeah, we'll go yeah, division. Yeah, I division. have a couple. Okay. Um, the AL East, I still like the Yankees there, right? Like, obviously, the Jays made moves to start chipping away at the Yankees' kind of reign. Uh, that's that's not quite what the Yankees have in the AL East, but they're, they're the team to beat. And until somebody beats them, I think that that's the case. So I have the Yankees winning the AL East. They're just, got, uh, they're just too deep and too good. Yeah, I, I have the exact same. I have the Yankees winning the East. I feel that they're their only enemy and not winning the – division would be themselves just with injury and whatnot but if they can get a healthy yeah. year from LeMahieu, if they can get a healthy year from judge if they can get a productive year from um sanchez who i drafted in my last um oh yeah yeah I, oh it says here that we're about to run out of uh meeting minutes anyway we'll, oh. we'll figure that out um i'm gonna have to cut this into two segments um oh, but yeah okay. so that's my um that's my pick for the AL East is the Yankees. Brad, you got anybody? Brad, are you a baseball fan? I can't recall. Uh, I'm not the biggest. No, actually, I don't really watch baseball at all. Um, but it's you know never too late. Absolutely. Go with uh, the Blue Jays. There you oh, go. Oh, nice. Why not? That's awesome. They are. Um, yep, and there's and I mean, there's going to be a lot of people I think that are picking them this year, uh, even. If it's not for the division, uh, at least in contention for a wild card, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just, my heart's there, but my head isn't yet. 
I think teams that are disciplined off the field are going to go mm-hmm. a lot further than this, like teams that are better on the field. Because, you know, if you're not disciplined and, you know, you get some COVID protocols that could just set you back quite, quite far. Yeah, that's a good point. I think across sport now in general, right? Like I know that was a big talking point during the last NHL season when they bubbled up there, that uh, that was a pretty big narrative. You know, the team that's going to do the best and handle themselves accordingly off the ice and adhere to protocols and, you know, not have guys go out for long chunks of time are going to do well. And I think, I think the Dallas stars got a lot of credit for that. Just that last year, right? Like out of nowhere, they made the Stanley cup final. And I think that was a big reason why. This year, however, they were one of the first teams, like they're six or seven games behind everybody else and uh, have to catch up because they had an outbreak to start this season. Yeah. That's irony. How are we doing for minutes? I'm good. I'm upgrading. I'm, I'm taking care of it as we speak. So you, you continue. Oh, okay. and we'll, uh, um, so we have the AL East uh, iron down, yeah? All right. So AL Central, which is one of those divisions where I feel like there are a few options. Um, I'm going with the Minnesota Twins. I think Ooh. they... I think they did enough in the off season to, well, they're in the discussion already, right? Like they've been in or around the playoffs for the better part of uh, I'd say four years now, three or four years. Anyway, they upgraded their pitching staff. They've, they've, they've gotten a little bit deeper. They got a potent lineup and that division is going to be tough, but I like them. Interesting. I, uh, I do not have the Minnesota twins. I have the Chicago White Sox. I have everything coming together for them. And I think they're deep enough, even with the injury to Eloy. I think they are deep enough with Abreu, with Tim Anderson, with um, the pitching up front. They brought in Liam Hendricks. I think they, and, and I find the AL Central to be one of those divisions that um, doesn't have a, like a, a clearly dominant team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on any given day, any given series, one of Cleveland, uh, Chicago or Minnesota could win and take all three. So for that reason, I'm going with Chicago White Sox winning the division. I got a question for you here. Would you say that the most dominant divisions are typically the East and the West? Like, would you say that usually it's those two that end up in the World Series? Usually from each league, yeah, like the American mm-hmm. League East is always because you have the two-headed monster there, usually the Yankees and the Red Sox who just, you know, are usually perennial monsters. The Red Sox are in a bit of a downturn right now, so that makes it a little <clears throat> bit easier, I guess, for lack of a better term. The NL West, the National League West, is certainly shaping up to be a power division. Yes. Uh, I would think, right, Steve? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree. And not to tip our cap, but we will definitely be talking about the NL West shortly speaking of west al west i'll go first with this one okay if you don't mind i have I uh i have my houston astros what a surprise the division <laughs> i feel they will have one extra year removed from that scandal they'll have a tremendous bounce back year from altuve and correa they'll have the continued pro- progression of tucker and alvarez they have mccullers back they have granky they have Oda Rizzi, who will be a stabling force in the rotation, and then Framer Valdez and Christian Javier and Jose Arquiti between the three of them can fill up a four or five spot, no problem. And they have arguably one of the most well-respected and top-minded baseball managers of all time in Dusty Baker. 
Yeah, I got them winning the division too. Um, they're just a good team, right? I think the only reason I kind of hesitated was the loss of Justin Verlander. Um, you know, with his, is he have is it Tommy John that he's had? Yeah. Like he's just out recovering from that this year, yeah. so he won't. He actually, this year. he actually threw his first pitch uh, about a week. Oh, ago. okay. Just like well, just between, know. I think it was him and Kate Upton, but I would throw a pitch to her any day. So I was going to say that counts as a win any day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got the Astros. That's going to be. I think that division's a little bit better this year, and there's two other teams that the Astros might have to worry about. But uh, for all the reasons you said, yeah, they're just too deep. They got a good lineup. If Jordan Alvarez is healthy this year, then that kind of puts them over the hump, I think, in that division. What's going on with this scandal? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was four years ago. (laughs) Oh, man, really? It was. 2021 and 20... That's four. Damn it. Damn. And, and, you know, well, no, I should... Sorry, it was... Yeah, 20. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, four years ago. I'm hip to it, right? Um, (laughs) I'm in the know. I'm in the know. I've been, um, I've been wearing Astros gear all week Mm. and having, you know, meetings and whatnot. I go on camera, and those that know me at work will just (laughs) into me and like cheaters, cheaters. Anyway, you're an easy mark, man. You're an easy mark these days. Yeah, but you've been wearing their stuff since we were kids. I know. I know. That's that's the craziest thing. You used to make me wear. (laughs) Astro hats. That's true. That's true. I don't like baseball. You're wearing the hat. (laughs) So I didn't. uh, I did realize, but I I had I had misremembered and then remembered again that uh, the playoff format is not the same. They're going back to just the original, or not the original, but back to just ten teams, and that means there's one. Well, I guess there's two wild card teams in each league, but they have to play a play-in game to essentially be the wild card team. So, do you have two? there or did you just like choose i one? do i am um, in your wild card game? well i have tronto playing in uh taking up one of the spots whether i'm, I'm not really concerned about like wild card spot one wild oh card yeah spot no. two like it's just one of the two is definitely toronto and i've been i've been really toying between these other two teams and i think i'm ultimately landing on minnesota hmm. um being that other wildcard team and the team, I guess that they beat out in my consideration was Cleveland. Hmm. Yeah. Yourself? Yeah. I went to, I got two different ones. I got Tampa Bay. I think that they're, you know, they lost a couple good arms, but I, they're just an annoying team, right? Like they're always going to be in it. And I think when it comes down to one game, like, I don't think there's a team in baseball. I would rather not play than the Tampa Bay Rays. They'll find a way to be there. I think, um, and my other wildcard team is Oakland. I think Oakland's still a um, pretty good team. I think that division, again, my other choice there, I was kind of thinking about the Angels, and I'll talk about them a little bit later, but um, I got the Rays and the Oakland Athletics in the wildcard game, and from them, I think, you know, the Rays are winning and being that fourth playoff team in the American League. Okay. When it comes to fans with uh, baseball, who are the most annoying fans? Like, who are the Montreal Canadiens hmm. of baseball? That's a great question. I would say the Yankees. Yeah, easy answer is probably the Yankees, but the Red Sox deserve a lot of consideration there, too, just because they have the Boston, the whole Boston thing, too, right? Which makes them, I, I would say, equal, uh, instantly. Noma. Noma. You don't cheer for Noma? Noma yeah. Garcia Parra? Like, I think in both of those cities, the Yankees and the Red Sox are religion to those fans. So, uh, yeah, I would say both of them are on equal footing in terms of annoyance. Just riding on the coattail of 
all, winning all their championships a long time ago. Right? Didn't they win the most of them, the majority of them, way back in the day? Who, from yeah, Boston? They... No, uh, New York. Uh, they last won in 09, I think it was. Yeah, they haven't won in 09. They had a really good decade in, well, from 99 to 09, they won, I don't know, five four, four or five times. Four or I think. five, yeah. Um, okay, that's but I would even but like I, I would almost give an honorable mention to um to Philadelphia too like just not just baseball but every sport like their fans are fucking ruthless for sure like for I've sure. heard stories of you know a colleague of mine that I worked with at the Sens him going down to catch Flyers games or to catch uh, Phillies games and the shit that he would see in the stands and like in the bombs and whatnot were just incredible so what is the city of brotherly love yeah Yeah, more irony yeah exactly more irony um are we moving into the nl now or what uh yeah and then i guess we'll do world series picks kind of at the end of this but um okay who you got in the east Ooh, i just accidentally closed my notes for a second for the nl east i have the atlanta braves they are only four years removed from losing um, international players and draft picks, 12 total players, like 12 players in total. And the reason being was because they had circumvented the international um, pool, I guess, the, like the value that you can spend on international um, players by um, $11 million. So they reported $11 million less than what they actually spent. And because of that, they lost uh, draft picks and players and whatnot. And at the time, they were rated as the best um, the best farm system in baseball. And so there was talk about them just not, you know, it's going to take years, decades to, to get from under this and whatnot. But this also goes to show you how good of a GM that, you know, Anthopolis is and how crafty he is. And an example of that is right in the middle of the rotation, they have Steady Eddie, they have Charlie Morton, who is one of my favorite players in the game right now because he's old, reliable, He's calm. He's got ice in his veins. They've got the lineup to support him. They've got the front end both uh, pitching on the rotation. Um, but then you have that, that Morton who slides in at three, four, and he's almost like a poor man's Maddox at times, you know, he oh, can, for sure. He can paint the corner. He can pitch you a gem of like a two hit one run game when it counts. And he's been through those whole, um, those, those high, stress moments before with Houston going deep in the playoffs and winning the world series and whatnot. So yeah, I have the Braves. Yeah, I, I got them too. That's going to be a, a division to watch this year as well. Um, but yeah, I got the Braves and again, just too deep, right? They won last year and yeah, you said it, they, they were like, yeah, it's going to take a decade to rebuild this system. And then they hired Alex Anthopoulos and boom, here you are. He waved his magic wand and all of a sudden, you know, you're a perennial world series contender again. Think they have? And, Didn't and, Freddie and, Freeman win MVP last year? Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like they're they're perennial, and it's not they're not just fringe perennial favorites. That's right. Like they are fucking deep. Yep. Like they're and deep. It always seems like they're the first team to clinch the division or something like that. It just yeah. they're they're always there. There's, I mean, you call it Charlie Morton, Steady Eddie, but I mean the Braves are kind of that in terms of a franchise, right? So, yeah, I got the Braves to win the NL East. Hey, Atlanta, 1990s are calling all over again. The Braves are back in town. <laughs> um, in the Central, another weird division, right? I found the NL, actually, when I was doing these picks, I found the NL to be easier to do. Yeah. Um, I think it's laid out a lot clearer. This is the division where maybe it's not. 
but uh, I got the Milwaukee Brewers winning the NL Central. Yes, they kind sir. of under underperformed last year, I think. And you know, Christian Yelich, I think, hit two fourteen, and you know, he's not going to do that again. Um, he's probably going to be an, another MVP candidate. And it seems for two straight off seasons, everybody has signed in Milwaukee, and so they're deep. They're they're a deep team, and they got a guy, Brandon Woodruff, right? Their starting pitcher. Uh, I know I took him early in our draft and yep. uh, really big fan of him. Think he might be a dark horse for a Cy Young, but uh, they also have Josh Hader who just, you know, major league hitters can't hit him. He is just a machine, a left-handed machine. He's like Randy Johnson coming out in the ninth inning for them. And if he does end up getting hurt or something, they have uh, David Williams to follow up uh, just as kind of electric stuff in the bullpen in a setup role. So I think they're set up well, as long as they can stay healthy to win the NL central. Yeah, there's not much more I can add. Like they're strong up front. You had mentioned Woodruff, they've got Colton Burns, they've got a, an amazing bullpen, and Hayden Williams, like you mentioned. Um, they also have Yelich, who I'm predicting will have a huge bounce back year. Um, but they've got they've got really I wouldn't say a you know make it turn your head twice type of rotation and look at them, but they've just got a consistent um, a consistently good potential for for um for their lineup you know Kesson Hira is a young player at first base that's gonna you know bloom into something potentially bigger uh Colton Wong and uh and the list goes on but the one thing I was looking at is that you had just said you started off your prediction by saying that that was this division was probably one of the more weirder ones out of all six of them and so I did some I did some numbers for the last two seasons, starting with the 2019 season. So they went 500 against the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Reds, dating back to 2019. And then they went 20 and nine, 20 and nine versus the Pirates. Well, the Reds are going to oh, take wow. the the Pirates are going to be just as bad. The Reds are going to obviously be taking a regression. Um, and the Cubs and Cards, I mean, that 500 that could be a toss up, right? If you can steal games from the Reds you know, dating back to 2019, if you can take more games from all three of those teams and why not, like this could easily be a, an 88 to 92. No, actually a 90 to 96 win team, in my opinion. Oh hey, yeah. Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, for lock sure. It up. No, you lock it up, lock it up. Better lock it up. Uh, and the West, right. is probably the most, there's a budding rivalry brewing in the NL West between the Padres and the Dodgers. And I'm sure between the both of us, we probably have chosen one of those teams. I chose the Dodgers. <laughs> I think the Padres I'll be rooting for the Padres, but uh, just don't think they're quite there yet. Like the Dodgers just announced that David Price and Tony Gonsolin, who would be the Blue Jays second and third starters, maybe even first and second aren't good enough to be oh, in the down. Dodgers top five and they're in the bullpen, which is just, you talk about an embarrassment of riches. Uh, the Dodgers are just, it seems like they're two or three deep at every position. And I mean, as a Jays fan, that's fine because it seems like that's kind of the franchise. The blue Jays are looking to build and a framework that they're looking to copy, which is fine by me because the Dodgers are going to be around for a long time and be really good. Um, I, I chose the, uh, I chose the Padres. Mm. I chose the Padres. I, um, you know, I think back to when Machado signed that $300 million contract with them, even before that Hosmer, and I was like, what the fuck, why would anybody want to sign in San Diego? And then I didn't realize how deep their firm system was. And we're starting to see that now. 
and then them adding pieces like the um the rotation that they have going into the season is hands down the best rotation in baseball right now in my opinion mm. and that's that's missing that's missing a clevenger and oh right um, i forgot about him you're missing clevenger and oh my god as i'm saying i'm i'm there's another individual, another pitcher on the team, but there's there's two pitchers that they don't even have yet. Oh, and uh, Mackenzie Gore. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Mackenzie Gore. So there's two pitchers right there that aren't even playing this year. Yeah, so, their 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 rotation is very good. I don't think it's as good as the Dodgers yet, but and, and I also be, just remember that they got Blake Snell. So wow. And to be com- completely honest, I was like, you know, I knew. I had a good feeling that you're going to pick the Dodgers because I was going to pick the Dodgers, but I was like, you know, I just want to go off the board. You know, everybody. You contrarian bastard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just, you know, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to Colorado Rockies. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I will honestly say they are a team I literally forgot about. Yeah. Uh, they, I didn't think of them once when I was thinking about all these teams. Um, they're certainly not one of my wildcard teams. My wildcard teams in the National League are certainly the Padres. I think you can lock that in uh yeah just the, the, just i mean like i mean like the padres and the dodgers are 1a and 1b like they're both making the playoffs i feel and the other team in the in the national league is i'm going to give it up to the mets i think the mets are going to put enough together this year that uh they're going to do enough to get in that playoff game that one game playoff and maybe even win it the yeah obviously the first, like you said first one whoever doesn't win the division in the west the other will make the wild card that goes without saying and I was caught again between two teams for that second wild card spot. And uh, I ultimately landed on Philadelphia making the wild wow. card. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, have the floor, sir. I, <laughs> I don't know if I want the floor, <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest. I think there's just too much talent. And you know what? I am, um, I am. I, um, not a Yankees fan. As a matter of fact, they are like the Toronto Maple Leafs of baseball when it comes to um, how I look at them. But <laughs> if, uh, of that team, the one, you know, there's a few players from that organization that I um, always respected. And one of them was Girardi. And he's too good of a manager to not put things together with that talented of a lineup. And I think if McCutcheon can stay healthy in center field, because they, they lost him last year pretty early and he was pretty productive before the injury happened. And they've got Harper and they've got Robles and they've got Soto. Sorry, I'm on the wrong team. I'm on the wrong team. <laughs> they um, have one of those guys. They have, they have Harper, sorry. They have Baum. They have Hoskins. They have some talent there. Um, the only concern that I would have would be their bullpen. But um, yeah, I went with Philadelphia. Well, that's a ballsy pick. I'll give it up for you. Yeah, that yeah. bullpen last year, that was their Achilles heel. I think it was like historically, maybe the worst and statistically historically, I mean, like the worst bullpen of all time. Can I just um, try and save something? Uh, I always get Philadelphia and Washington always mixed up together. So who did you mean? I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm going, I'm going with Philly, but when I, when I made the mistake of mentioning Robus and Soto, <laughs> I just, for whatever reason, uh, Philadelphia and Washington and it doesn't help that they're in the same division. I always get those two teams out, like mixed up all the time. Well, it does Bryce Harper muddied waters there too, right? Yeah, and, and there's a red, of... there was a red color, like their dominant color is red. Anyway. Yeah. 
just get some ginkgo biloba into you and your memory will be fine just trying to get this egg off my face what do you got for world series pick who's playing in the world series you got the Atlanta Braves. Sorry, Brad. Anytime you want to chime in, I, like, I, I don't want to say the uh, the Diamondbacks are going to win. I'm oh, Brad, do do you remember when we went to that? Do you remember when we went to the Diamondbacks game against San yeah, Francisco and we course. saw five home runs, one of which is by the pitcher? It was amazing. Yeah. Oh wow, who hit who hit that? And Brett. I want to say it was Brett Anderson, hmm. former Blue Jay last year. No, no, this is going like we, it was nineteen ninety. Oh, I was thinking of Chase Anderson, Brett Anderson, right? 1998, I think. Anyway, I'd have to look at it, but yeah. Great ballpark. Sorry, I cut it's you off. The one with, it, that's the one with a hot hot tub, right? Or pool or something? You got it. Nice. You got it. Yep. Um, Do you think that they, the people that go in that hot tub just piss in it because they don't want to get up <laughs> in front of all those people? Just uh, getting hammered. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Yes, definitely- I do think that's what I, I they think do. so because I would do that too. They definitely Absolutely don't have the red cloud of death, <laughs> the, the chlorine cloud, the, the chlorine cloud. Um, oh, man. so good. I uh, I got the Atlanta Braves making it to the World Series and losing to my Houston Astros. I said it, the Astros mm. are back, baby. They're gonna redeem themselves. They've got the manager to take them to the glory land, they've got a couple of players that are gonna bounce back, they've got the rotation, they've got the youth. It's happening. Astros, World Series champion, 2021, lock it up. They got the Ute. They got the Utes. The two Utes. So it may come as a surprise to you that I agree with your American League World Series pick, Uh, but I don't have them winning. I think the Dodgers are going to win like every World Series from here until the end of time, which might not be that long from now, but um, I got the Dodgers beating the Astros in a rematch of that notorious World Series from 2017. Um, why did you choose Houston out of curiosity? Uh, I don't think the Yankees had like the Yankees are going to win a lot of games with their bats, just like the Blue Jays will. But every year it comes down to attrition with arms with the Yankees. Like and it happened last year in the playoffs. It's Garrett Cole versus the world. I don't see, you know, less any kind of acquisitions during the regular season. I don't see them as a serious threat. The only team I see again, kind of contending maybe with them in the American league, the Astros, I mean, is Tampa Bay just because Tampa Bay just seems to be that franchise. That's always there. Mm. And um, I don't think it's good for baseball that Tampa Bay is always there. Cause you know, they're, they won't pay their players and they'll let them walk. And then um, yeah, I don't, I think they might be responsible for some of the ways the direction baseball is going, but yeah, I like the Astros there for, for, for some reason. Um, you are a good man. I'm even thinking like, I like their future prop odds for, you know, winning the world series. I'm even yeah, thinking plus the money down on them. I put a hundred dollars down every year. Yeah. it's Except um, for 2017. <laughs> oh, really? That sucks. No, it um, what about uh, like a team in each division that you think is going to surprise Ooh. in a good way? Like okay. who, who, who are going to be the I teams like that nobody's talking about that, that might surprise. This was probably my favorite part of the exercise that you gave us <laughs> before, before the episode. Um, I have as the most surprising team out of the AL, the Kansas City Royals. Mm. I think with you know adding Benintendi, they have George Jorge Soler, Whit Merrifield, Carlos Santana. They have the speed of Altaberto Mondesi. Um, their pitching obviously is they're like I'm not here saying that they're going to win. You know, no, no, 85 games, 88 games, that kind of thing. They still might be like a 72 win 
even less than that team. But I think their their lineup will be more surprising to others, especially given the fact that they're in that somewhat weak division that includes, I'm not going to say weak, but that, that division that will be more even because of the balance that it has with Minnesota, Chicago, and Cleveland. Yeah, I agree. Um, they were on my short list definitely for I did I didn't go with them. They're probably my runner up, but you're right. Like that lineup is better than a lot of people think. Um and yeah, just like you said, the division two. Um, but my pick in the AL is actually and only because I think they're getting a bad rep, and it's not necessarily undeserved, but I think the Angels are going to be better than people give them credit for. And I get Finally. I get why people aren't giving them credit. Like Dylan Bundy is their opening day starter, like Come on, but uh, not, that not, lineup, Al, but not Al Bundy, Brad, not Al Bundy. <laughs> if only it would be Pokai alumni, Al Bundy. <laughs> um, football was his game though, right? Four touchdowns, one That's game. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like the Angels. That lineup is too good. And eventually, you know, if they're in any kind of contention around the trade deadline, that team has to do something for that lineup and specifically for Mike Trout. Uh, they got to get him to the playoffs and, and I think this this could be the year where maybe they get a chance to do that. That division's a little bit tough with uh, Oakland and obviously the Astros. But yeah, they're my pick in terms of the AL team that might do better than people think. Um, How about and, uh, NL? NL, I have. Uh, oh, let me just scroll up here. I have. I full disclosure. I found NL extremely difficult. Me too, man. I really, because, I got question marks. Be- yeah. Beside my, and, my... and the reason why is because with the NL, in my opinion, it was, you're either a really a good team. Yes. Or you're not a good team, right? Like wow. you're the, you're the Pittsburgh pirates or you're the Dodgers kind of thing. Right. We're kindred spirits on this. Yeah. So I, this is probably the one area where I struggled with the most, but I ultimately landed on the Miami Marlins. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel that, I don't know that their hitting is as good as it needs to be to make the playoffs yet. They've, you know, they, they did send them down in six, six to Sanchez. They sent him down and I don't think it's for anything other than monitoring his making sure that the timing is right kind of thing, mm-hmm. but they've got Don Maddenly, Donnie baseball as a manager. I know they got a, a lot of real good feel good stories, um, happening around them with, you know, they're the first team in in any major league sport to hire a female GM, which is amazing. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Um, and so I feel that there's some, there's just some good karma around that team. And I think it's a team that deserves that good karma. And I think they're, you know, three, four, five years away from being what perhaps maybe another contending team is today. Mm. But I would say that they're going to be a pleasantly surprising team given the fact that they have no pressure on them. They had some moderate success in that shortened season last year. And all of the pressure is going to be on the Braves, going to be on the Yankees, going to, or the Mets and um, the other teams in that division. So, Yeah, for this, I got, and again, I wrote one, two, three, four question marks beside it. But uh, for the same reason, like I just couldn't really. So I kind of went with the same reason I went with the angels. I think a lot of people are talking about the Cubs being bad and I think they might be a little bit more competitive than people think. Mm. I think this is definitely their last shot at anything, right. With that group that won back in 2016 Rizzo and Bryant and obviously question marks, but they're also a team that, you know, if things don't start well, then I think it's pretty well known that there's going to be a fire sale. So um, the other 
kind of team I was flirting with here was the Giants. I think the Giants have a chance to be the Royals uh, of the National League. I think they have a decent enough pitching staff that they've pieced together and a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. Um, so, yeah. What about, like, uh, the disappointments? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tee off on the Marlins here. <laughs> but, it's, but at the same time, man, like, I was thinking about using them for both because – I think the Marlins and the Jays are intertwined in terms of expectations this year. And I'll just say the Jays are my team here for the AL disappointment. Um, I'll hark on them a little bit more after, but. Um, so we're just so, going to give you the next 15 minutes. No, no, no. Go. The Marlins, I just think, you know, they, they were darlings last year, but they were darlings because it was a 60 game season. I don't think they're a 500 team if it was a 162 game season. I know that pitching staff is great uh, or will be great. Um, I was surprised they sent Sixto down. It must just be like a paper move or something like that, right? Like you said, but um, I don't know if I can name three batters on the Miami Marlins. I think they have a catcher named Jorge Alfaro, and I think they have a first baseman by the name of Cooper. They have Ag Aguilar. Jose Aguilar, there you go, okay. Mm -hmm. So there's my three. I named three. Two and a half, because you really named one. But uh, I also think that they got off easy last year. Like, they were the first team to have a breakout. And to Brad's point earlier, like, I think there's a bit of responsibility there and like social responsibility to conduct yourselves as good citizens in the world and to be safe. And Don Mattingly ended up winning manager of the year in the National League. And on my goddamn sanctimonious high horse, I thought he should have been fired for being responsible for a team that had a ridiculous outbreak that got worse and worse and worse as things went on. Like, didn't they have something like 20 players out with COVID at one point? 23. Which again, like it's, crazy that they made the playoffs having gone through that that's adversity but i don't know the natural cynic in me just goes to the negative so i wanted don mattingly fired about it end of rant <laughs> no it's not the end of the rant <laughs> yeah. well yeah just the jays for me right like in terms of like al disappointments the pitching staff's a joke and they're one hyunjin ryu injury away from having a lost season they don't even know who's starting the third game of the series coming up against the Yankees. And I get that that's a little bit has to do with injuries, but it also has a little bit to do with the micromanaging of the manager, because this has been his MO since he's been the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. I, I, I would love like the Yankees know who's starting all three games for them. We're running a major league baseball team here. Like it's secretive, like every game's game seven of the world series. And uh, it drives me nuts. It really, really drives me nuts. I, I think that uh, I've said this before. I think that I know that his option just got picked up, but there's real expectations on the Blue Jays this year. And I don't think they have a major league capable manager. I think he's one of the worst managers that's ever managed in baseball. Wow. And I think there's a chance that he is the first manager fired this do you, season. Do you think that Shots he is like, fired. yeah. Do you think that he is <laughs> like a deer caught in a headlight? I think he's way in over his head. And yeah. I think he, he showed I, that on multiple occasions last year. I agree. And, I agree. you know, again, there wasn't, there weren't expectations his first two years in Toronto. So yeah, it's great. Everybody loves Charlie. And I get that to his defense, the play, like he, nobody said a bad word about him, but there's expectations now to win. And it's not going to be good enough to just be a nice smiley guy. Right. Like, um, so that's why I'm a little bit down on the Jays. Uh, part of this, don't get me wrong, is hoping for the anti-Marcos curse. 
that as soon as I mentioned something's going to be bad, it will be glorious and good. And maybe the Jays go 162 and 0 because that would make me very happy. But uh, I've seen this too, too many times as a Jays fan, right? Like all this hype. And you've kind of started to realize that we just can't have nice things. Like, again, we do this, we had this great off season and the, the Jays did have a great off season. And like the Yankees, their bats are going to win a lot of games for them. But yeah, that's a good point too. But you need some pitching. And again, Hyunjin Ryu is a great pitcher. He's an ace. He's always in contention for the Cy Young. But their second starter right now is either Robbie Ray or Steven Matz. Come on. <laughs> you know what's phenomenal right now? I don't follow baseball at all. You know, I follow the sports that I follow, like hockey and hockey. And, <laughs> oh, and racing. <laughs> hear, and racing. And, and racing, yeah. But, like, to hear all these stats and variables and, and players, I literally feel like a two-year-old right now in this conversation. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> no, no, no. Just sitting back and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, like, looking up all these players and stats that you're talking about. <laughs> oh. Baseball oh, is by far the geekiest of the sports. There's yeah. no doubt. Oh, it's my gosh. Reason. Like the, the stats involved in that game are phenomenal. Have you and it's funny. I that... think that's why I like it so much. Despite hating math and always sucking at it, it's just, I don't know. Stats have always... Fly even. Baseball and golf, <laughs> to me, sound like the same on the TV. Have you guys Fair. noticed that yeah. sound? They sound yeah. Similar. yeah, yeah. That's actually Two different really, sports. I'm not, I'm not really shitting on analogy. either because they're, uh, they're both good. I think I'm going to get into it this year. Hello, Thank you friends. Guys. You should, and and you know, what? honestly, there is a there is a game that uh, there's a game that that it's called Looney Ball, and you would put in a loony, or oh, God. pick a team, right? <laughs> and you'd stick with that team the whole game, and then before the first pitch, like so, if you chose one team, and every time that team is at bat before the first pitch was thrown for that batter, you'd throw in your loony and you would choose what the outcome would be like single, double, triple home run, um, whatever strikeout. And then everybody would have to put in their picks before the first pitch. And then whatever the outcome was, if you picked it, you got the pot, but if not, you just kept on adding and it would make things a lot interesting for people that weren't a fan of baseball. Um, do you guys, do you guys play fantasy league baseball at all oh yeah obviously you do right like and do you guys play hockey fantasy league yeah uh, we're yeah, no, uh, we've got how, some drama mark and i in ours this year how much different are they the i would sports? say i'd say they're extremely different yeah yeah for sure there's a lot yeah. more detail i'd say and for lack of a better term re not not research but something like that with baseball i'd say there's just more to intake i'd say from like a stat or like well like i would say the perfect example would be for baseball um you have to you have to go in and look at your look at your lineups every day because batters mm. that you might have in your lineup might be really shit against left-handed pitchers but against right-handed pitchers they're dominant so you might need to switch them out whereas with hockey if they're playing you just put them in yeah you know it's very it's, matchup based in baseball yeah. right? roster all week yeah <laughs> so yeah we uh mark and i just had our pool on what Sunday night? Yeah, our draft um, on uh, on Sunday. We've um, been in a we've been in a league, I think, for geez, as long as we've known each other, right? Sixteen no. years. No, yeah. what pick did you guys get? Well, mine was shit. I think I got second last. Yeah, I had fourth, I think, fourth or sixth. So I'm still uh, gonna win, but so I had I had sixth the first year I ever played, which was last year, and 
luckily the season got canceled because of COVID because I was dead last. It was awesome. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So then this year I switched up my tactics and uh, I, I got to pick 12th. So last place. Oh, I hate that. No, it was great mm-hmm. because I got to pick back to back. Yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah. But then you, you lose out the first 11 players and then you got to lose out the next 22. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like of, of the first 40 some odd players, you only get the top two. Yeah. The, picking back to back though is, is, is pretty clutch. I'm telling you like in those snake drafts, like the best way to go is like be stuck right smack dab in the middle. You don't get you don't get like the top five, but you you know you don't have to wait it like anyway. It's different. Like, it depends on the sport too, I guess. Really, I like being on the end of the snake drafts one way or the other. To Brad's point, because it gives you more time to like pee and get up. Like you're just boom boom, and then you got like ten minutes. Yeah, that's true. Not, not on Sunday though. No. I could have used that on Sunday. It's true. Hey, we never got to your disappointment, Steve. Um. Yeah, let me just my disappointment for which the league oh um for both uh my disappointment for the al is uh tampa bay because mm. i really feel that um they have glass now who's a like a fucking ace and i remember when he was drafted as a prospect by pittsburgh i drafted him i thought he was gonna be the next coming of god kind of thing from a pitcher's perspective and just he was a late bloomer until he got traded but beyond him You've got Archer, you've got Yarbrough, you've got Fairbanks. You don't even know who you're throwing in from a rotations perspective. And I feel that their lineup, like they just don't, they like they have Randy, uh, um, I can't say his last name. Arone, oh, I don't think I can either. Arone Zarena. Arone Zarena needs to prove to me that he can do things over a full season. I just don't think they have the lineup. Um, everybody's predicting, predicting them to be second in division, but you know, there's obviously a lot of risk and concern that comes with the Jays and what can happen with their season. But I feel that the same could be equally said about the, about the Rays. The only thing that, uh, would make me believe that they would stay competitive and have an edge is that Kevin Cash is like, sneaky good when it comes yeah. to shifts and you know six-man rotations and starting closers like throwing your bolt pen in in the first inning and doing the first like just keeps things like you know off kilter i guess but i mean yep. that's that's my disappointing team from the al uh the al the nl um uh i i, I gotta you, you obviously like you haven't heard me mention the mets at all and i think the reason why i didn't mention the mets to this point up until now is because they will be the disappointed team. I feel that they will somehow, some way find a way to um, shoot themselves in the foot. Um, you know, they don't usually do that, do they? No, no <laughs> never, never. And they've got, you know, they've got decent pitching. They've got a solid, like a, a, a good to solid lineup, but I just feel the Mets are the Mets and they will find a way to fuck it up. And not necessarily, you know, on the field. It could be off the field. Like we saw what happened with their GM earlier this year and getting mm-hmm. fired and the reasons behind that. And that was off the field. You know, you're starting to hear things about Lindor, you know, meeting with the owner, Steve Cohen, and having dinner and being offered 325. Well, no, I want 350. No, now I want 400. And I'm not going to talk about this once April 1st hits. And I just feel that it's just... And the owner's tweeting about it, right? Like it, yeah, right. and like taking suggestions, and it's just yep. like it's it's a recipe, <laughs> it's a recipe for a disaster, especially when down the road you've got the Yankees that 
you know, barring injury could be a, you know, a finely tuned engine. Um, they're my disappointment of the year. Yeah. That, that I, I, they're another, t- the NL is so weird to me, right? Cause there's just, there's a couple teams that could go either way. And then I feel like it's like we talked about, it's pretty cut and dry the rest of the way. The Mets are certainly one of them. I can see them losing a lot more than they win. And I can also see them taking off. It's, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Sticking about, with the NL, let's, uh, what's next? The NL MVP and Cy Young? Sure. I'll, you want to do that? Yeah, I'll go. Okay, like, can I just can I just rip this fucking bandaid off? Ooh, let me just let me just really? rip this let me just rip this bandaid off for the NL MVP. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I feel that Juan Soto <laughs> win the MVP. Brad, your favorite player? Yeah, Brad Juan Soto is my least favorite player in the league, but you can't deny. The talent that he has. Um, no, he's got this thing. It's called the Soto Shuffle. So the kid's <laughs> the kid's 22 years old. And um, in between pitches, you know how batters will like, you know, they'll step out of the box and they'll like readjust the Velcro on their gloves or like they'll tap their cleats yeah. and they'll, they'll have a routine. Well, his routine is that he will face the pitcher <laughs> and he will grab and adjust his jock. <laughs> and it's like when when a pitcher like pitches and hits a like throws a ball and it's like a bad ball it's on a good throw whatever he will like lean into it and like over uh, dramatize like him grabbing his junk like at the pitcher and you know, then like oh uh, you know what google like google the soto shuffle and you'll understand what i'm talking about like that's why no class right and and no and and, and uh, that's my point like he hasn't earned he hasn't earned that right to be you know he's doing this against you know future hall of famers and you know the kid hasn't played more than three seasons in the maybe now three seasons but you know not long enough in my opinion he's no No. albert he's no albert pools okay everyone's tough until they get punched in the face yeah that's true (laughs) just ask yeah that's true um but regardless i i feel he um he 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 plays his home field is in the third best hitters park in the league so back Going back to 2018, the Nationals Park has allowed um, the third highest runs. So offensively, I think it's great. I think he's in a position. He's the clear offensive leader of that clubhouse. He had um, an issue with COVID last year in the shortened season. So he missed like the first 13 or 14 games. But then when he did come back, he was arguably the best hitter in the league, ultimately lost to Freeman for the MVP, but he was up there. The only thing that I would say that concerns me with him not winning is his defensive capabilities. I feel like he's not as tight defensively as he is offensively. So that might hurt. But if similar to my AL pick, if he is a part of a team that is competing for a wild card, and then he is ultimately the reason why they push um, past and make it to the wild card and maybe even win the division, then that would earn him the right to win that MVP. So I have Juan Soto. Mm. I feel like we have the same MVP choices because Juan Soto is also my NL MVP candidate. And I think it's his to lose uh, unless he gets hurt. I think he, there's a few guys in baseball who I will seek out every single one of their at bats, like on MLB TV, if I'm watching it that night. And Soto's one of them, Mike Trout is one, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. And, uh, I, I'm hoping that my AL pick uh, becomes one as well, but uh, yeah, I don't need to add anything to the Juan Soto thing. Um, I think he is 
you know, that division is going to have a lot of between him and Ronald Acuna Jr. with Atlanta. And, you know, you maybe throw Lindor into that mix now, or even a guy like Pete Alonso, right? Like that's going to be a pretty fun division to watch. There's, yeah. there's a re- lot of really good talent in the National League East. Uh, do you want to give your Cy Young for the NL or do you want me to go ahead? Uh, yeah, this is tough, eh? Like there's a lot of good pitchers, but I settled just to kind of go outside the box with, not really, but Walker Bueller. I think uh, he is uh, part of that deep, deep Dodgers rotation, right? Um, uh, he's an ace. He's got a whip under one every single year. I know that he's been a fantasy darling for me the last couple of years and helped me out a lot. And uh, I, I think this is the year where maybe he gets those votes. So I'll take him. Okay. All right. I, uh, I was thinking about him, but then I ultimately decided to go with you, Darvish. Mm. I feel he is now on a team that can support him when he has those off days. He's a ground ball pitcher, which is great for San Diego because it's a hitter's ballpark. So if he can keep the ball on the ground, that would certainly help. And he's got the infield to help um, suck those ground balls up and get the outs. Since 2009, he's got an ERA of less than 2.5, a whip of 0.88, and he has an ultra impressive 10 strikeouts per walk ratio. He was awesome um, last year. Yeah, and I feel, you know, kind of the intangible of it would be he's in the same division against the Dodgers, who that is his number one target on who he needs to beat to have it be a successful season. And he probably wants to make um, – he wants to probably take every opportunity to rub it in their face given how poorly he played with them mm. um, when he was traded there from Texas. And uh, probably a little bit of payback because, you know, the fans, they, they didn't really take to him all that much in L.A. because of the d- disappointment that he had when he was pitching for them. So I feel like it's a bit of a um, uh, an incentive for him to pitch that much better. So I have a few dervish. Yeah, I could see that. He uh, I had no idea until looking up actually his stats during our draft the other night, how good he was last year. Like he was dominant. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess I had it in my head, like the Jays teeing off on him, those two divisional series against the, the Rangers back in 2015, 2016. I thought that was still you Darvish, but I guess not. Yep. It's good that he's back. I, and actually, I forgot that the, the Padres got him as well. So, um, yeah, he's he's a fun 30, pitcher to watch, too. I always like you Darvish. 30, 34 years old, so he doesn't have much, you know, he's probably on the back nine of his career, but he's on the team to make it count, so. What about uh, A.L. Cy Young? A.L. Cy Young, I have Lucas Giuliato. Um, in 2019, he had an 11 strikeouts per nine innings rate, uh, 12 strikeouts per nine innings in 2020. He had a 5.1 wins above replacement in 2019. He throws easily 97 higher. Uh, he's now got the team to support him. Um, seems like it's coming together, and I – I feel that he will improve upon that. I feel he's going to have 250 plus Ks. He's going to be closer to six in terms of war. And he's going to be well over 12 for 12 strikeouts per nine. So he's my pick. Love it. My pick too. Lucas Gilito. Lock him in for the AL Cy Young. You lock it up. No, you lock it up. <laughs> um, AL MVP. My American League most valuable player, despite what I said about the team, I think this is Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s year. Jeez. Wow. I think I'm about to put money on him leading the major leagues in home runs. 
I think this is the year for him. He hits lasers all over the park. Every bat, every ball that comes off his bat is over hundred miles an hour, whether it's out of the park or whether it's, you know, at the third baseman. And his big thing is just getting it in the air because all those balls that go in the air are going to start going over the fence. And I think this is the year where we see the Vladdy that uh, we expected to see. So I, it's a bit of a flyer for sure, but uh, I think he is the American League MVP this year. Um, that's that's bold. I'm, I'm H1 go, sauce, baby. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jose Ramirez. He's finished in the top three in MVP voting three of the last four seasons. He's clearly the team's offensive threat this year, and I feel if he and that Cleveland team is competing for a playoff spot, it's going to be because of him and Shane Bieber. Other reasons why they make it or don't make it. Um, he's it was tough team. not choosing Bieber to win the Cy Young, like, right? But I just wanted to be a little bit – I didn't want to be so cliche about it. Yeah, I think um, – I Ramirez think, is good. A, pick, you know, he's, he's, he's good for like close to 300 average, 30 home runs, 20, 20, 25 steals. Um, he's entering into, like he could be traded this year. He's I was just going to ask, like, is he another guy well, that he signed, Cleveland's going to let walk? He signed a, he signed a five-year deal in 2017. So he's up for renewal or he's up for free agency mm. after the 2022 season. Um, but he was getting paid peanuts and I can't recall offhand That's right. but I he remember, was getting paid peanuts and then he came into his own but yeah that's uh, jose ramirez if it comes could... down to it i think that's that's who it is so good pick are you ready for some baseball i am ready for some baseball hey kid um what what was what's this uh mcdavid elbow that happened yesterday i didn't see it but apparently there was talk about him getting fined and suspended for something that happened you know Anything yeah, he threw an elbow. I watched that game, actually. The Habs were shutting the Oilers down, and, like, McDavid was shut down. Like, he couldn't get anything going, and he was just frustrated and threw an elbow at a dude. Oh, yeah. Got him pretty good. Yeah, it was totally intentional. Yeah. Was it you in know Mont- what? In Montreal. Yeah, the guy needs to be checked. I I, I can't stand McDavid. You saying that, like, living in Calgary, though? You know, you know I'm not a – I'm a Bruins fan. Oh, yeah, I'm right. A real, real hockey team fan. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. The, uh, you know, like all this talk with McDavid, he hasn't earned the right to be where everyone thinks he is. He's not, he's no Crosby. You know what? Okay. You know what? You know who's even a way better player than him? Is Nathan McKinnon. That guy can carry a whole team and this little fairy can just go ahead and. Honestly, though, like he, I, I just can't stand him. No, but like I, I, and I'm not just saying this is an Oilers fan. Like I have to wholeheartedly disagree with you because him and Drysital are quite literally the only two players that carry that team. Whereas you have McKinnon, and you have, you know, he has a supporting cast. He has Lang Discogge. Yeah, but McKinnon never had that though. McKinnon was on a team that was always last place for the longest time. And then I don't know if you watched any of last year's playoffs. He was a new new person. Like he lit up the hockey. It was unbelievable. McDavid has skills. He's just he hasn't earned the right of where everyone thinks he's at right now. Hmm. You know, come to come to me in like five, six years when you've been playing for that long and you've and you've earned how many points does he have? Like two hundred. The most points? of anybody in the league. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean total. 
more than anybody in the last three or four years. Total. Yeah. I don't know, like his total points in his career. Probably the most since he started playing. Yes, that's right. Like he's just, he's good. I get it. But like he, I don't have a horse in the race one way or the other, but he is, yeah, he's, he, and it's not like Nathan McKinnon sucks. I, I did watch a lot of those abs game and you're right. Like Nathan McKinnon was a man playing amongst boys in the playoffs last year. He's a monster monster so mcdavid mcdavid's 24 years old and in 388 games played he has 532 points yeah um 183 goals 349 assists so he's almost at an assist per game clip um i think I, that's uh i think i think to me i think it's it goes mcdavid probably mckinnon and maybe even austin matthews in terms of kind of the talent in the league now and I mean, Crosby. Oh, you're forgetting one key player here. Who? Pasternak. Okay. Oh, way better. Way better. Okay. Not just because I'm a Bruins fan, but. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, he had, he had a great year too. I think like last year, if it was a regular season, he would have been on pace for 50 goals or something like that. Yeah. He, so McKinnon has played. I just five. don't like McDavid. I'm yeah. just gonna say it. I just don't like him. I, I got the base. I just. Oh. I get the sense his his wife is um, pleasant on the eye. So, uh, McKinnon is a year older. He's played 555 games and has 533 points. He does have more goals, but he has less assists. Here's here's um, something crazy. So of McKinnon's class of people that were drafted. Sean Monahan was part of his class. Oh, Monahan has more goals. Yeah. He has more goals than McKinnon. I saw that. I saw that Chiron on a Flames broadcast a couple of weeks ago, and it blew my mind. Former up, sixty-seven. Do Everybody guys, forgets uh, about uh, Monahan, right? Yeah, he's a for- former Ottawa sixty-seven. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Is he it's still a, in Calgary? Oh yeah, 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 and. I think I think he'll stay, but I think Goudreau is going to get. Uh, he's on the chopping block. Here. There's a good question for a Flames fan. Like they just, Daryl Sutter all of a sudden is the is the new coach there. What do you what do you make of that? Well, they need to make a change, right? Like it's what they were doing wasn't working, and uh, you know they bring in Markstrom, which is a phenomenal goaltender because they've had nothing but in my opinion, shitty goaltending for the last little while. They haven't really invested in it. Um, so, yeah, like they, I, I think what they could, if, if they were smart, they would get rid of Goudreau and try and get some talent in there because Goudreau doesn't show up if they're losing one nothing, right? Goudreau doesn't show up during the playoffs. He's a complete flake. Like he just, he only shows up and he only plays when they're winning. Mm. So the next time you, like you watch and they're winning, He'll be lighting it up, but if they're losing, he's just not there. I was going to watch tonight. What's going on? I see that them and the Canucks are postponed, so they're one of those sides at least must have something going on COVID-wise. Yeah, yeah, they just know that because I picked up a bunch of people on my fantasy league. <laughs> yeah, Brad picked them up, postponed the game. Say <laughs> <laughs> uh, Levy in twenty twenty or whatever fucking year it is now. It's it's weird, right? Like you you have teams like. Edmonton and Toronto. Well, Toronto typically does well, but like the fact that Edmonton's doing this well, I wonder if it's just because they've been playing. No, it'll come come league, crashing right? down at some point. It's Edmonton. But the nice thing about this 
these new divisions has just created created new rivalries like Boston and Washington. Oh, amazing! Oh, do you hate the Capitals yet? You should. I, I think it's pretty ironic having <laughs> rivalries with Chara going there. Like it's it's. Oh, that's quite, right. Yeah, Chara went there. Quite neat. Oh yeah, and, uh, I did forget that he was uh, he's there. Oh, did you guys pick up the Dodge Ram that just drove by my house? Because you can hear every fucking one of them. No, it's probably McDavid driving it. Fuck, probably. probably. I tell you, I'm gonna start chucking eggs at these fucking Dodge Rams. I, Get off I, of my lawn. I work with. Uh, my my captain and lieutenant are huge Oilers fans. Huge. That's good. That's and, amazing. Uh, the, the, the rest <laughs> of the crew, the rest of the crew are all Calgary fans, and uh, I really like. I'll support Calgary because I live here, but I could not give a shit about either team at all. And we only watch Calgary and Edmonton games. <laughs> it's driving me crazy and i'll make the recommendation like hey guys can we watch a bruins game oh no 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 who wants to watch that you gotta get that seniority oh. up there that's why totally i um i i don't mind calgary calgary's one of those teams that I, you know i'll if i'll cheer for them if they're in the playoffs kind of thing right but if it yeah. came down to edmonton or ottawa then yeah um how nice is that that new sens jersey i love yeah, it it is nice it is nice. Too bad. What the fuck's going on with that team? No, they're starting to like. They got a good core. They got a good core. They got. We just live in a market that doesn't allow them to get away with losing more than three games in a row. They'll start losing their shit and burning down the city. Um, I do think that we should uh, wrap things up. Though we are getting a bit long in the tooth in terms of the episode for our good listener. Um, but I will say that uh, you know before we do sign off. I'd like to mention that the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else that you get your streaming audio. Um, and you can also listen live on Anchor.fm. Say uh, my favorite have... word, man. Say the word. What's that? The, your ag- aggregator, yes. Thank on you. Your, on your favorite, <laughs> I on rely your, on that, man. On your streaming audio aggregator. Um, but if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show so uh, you never miss an episode. And while you're there, please take a minute to rate us and review us. Uh, for Mark, uh, I'm Steve. I would uh, like to thank Brad for joining. Brad, hope to have you back. Yeah, thanks, Fun. Brad. That was We yeah. didn't even talk Wes Anderson. Next time we'll have to talk Wes Anderson. Yeah, next time we will. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Definitely. And uh, for that, we will uh, bid adieu. Uh, happy um, Twas Night Before Baseball opening day. Mark, tomorrow is going to be a phenomenal day. Yeah, man. Lots of uh, baseball. Trying to figure played. out how to get out of work on in the afternoon that's right but uh yes thank you very much for listening to another episode of aptp good night everybody peace out peace out i worked up a sweat that was good um that was good